You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Today's episode of Holly Randall Unfiltered is brought to you by Twisties. Twisties is my longest running client. I've been shooting for them for over a decade, and they are also the best site for lesbian erotica on the web. You know, on this show, we talk a lot about ethical porn and consent and boundaries. Let me tell you that when I shoot for Twisties, we cover all of those topics and you can rest assured that you are definitely accessing the most ethically produced porn out there. I, as the producer and the director, make sure of that. So check out twisties.com where you can access the hottest girl-girl scenes out there with big stars like Abella Danger, Demi Sutra, Kira Noir, Cherie DeVille, and Alexis Fox, plus up-and-coming newcomers like Jules Blue, Lulu Chu, Alexis Tay, Charlotte Sins, Giselle Blanco, and so many more. Go to twisties.com today. You will not regret it. Hi, I'm Holly Randall. And welcome to my podcast, Holly Randall Unfiltered. This is a show about sex, the adult industry, and the people in it. I'm a 21-year veteran of this fascinating little industry. And as the eldest child of the trailblazing erotic photographer, Suze Randall, you could say I grew up in it. So forget everything you think you know about porn, because this show is going to change your mind. My guests are some of the biggest names in the industry, and we unabashedly reveal the real behind-the-scenes stories. The funny, the inspiring, the tragic, and the bizarre. Everyone has an opinion about sex work, but few people actually listen to the sex workers. So sit back and prepare yourself for a podcast, which is honest, raw, and unfiltered. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Holly Randall Unfiltered. Today, I have a very special guest, one of my favorite girls to shoot, the one and only Sabina Rouge. Hi, Hi guys. Oh, that was so sweet of you to say. <laughs> it's true, though. Honestly, you what I love about you is that not only are you like a great model and obviously beautiful, but you just have like an incredibly positive personality and you're always like excited to be on set and you're always excited to be there. And like that positivity is very infectious and it just makes our days go by so much better. Like, you know, people always ask me you know, what are your days like, you know? And I'm just like, it depends on the talent. It's a hundred percent about the talent. It's about whoever I'm shooting. If I'm shooting somebody who's got a shitty attitude, doesn't want to be there. It's a shitty day. If I'm shooting somebody who's super positive and like just a bright light, even if I'm having all these technical problems that are like making my life a misery, um, it's a good day if I have good talent. So like you guys really (laughs) make or break our day. I'm just telling you right now. How could you not in like the midst of Holly Randall though? Like how could you not have a great day? Go on. (laughs) I love it. No, I'm honored. Thank you. So um, I wanted to have you on because, you know, we've, um, like I said, I I always love working with you and you're such a like fun personality. And we were kind of talking about before the podcast started that there's a lot of misinformation about you out there on the internet. So you kind of wanted to come on and set the record straight and tell people like about your actual background and, you know, how you got into the industry. So 
tell us your story, girl. <laughs> so I really do appreciate that. Um, recently, I've been looking up like just my name in general. I advise a lot of girls to do that because I found out on a lot of like main websites saying that I was born in Beverly Hills and that I make $1.6 million a year, which like what? And um, that like I just grew up like without humble beginnings. And I it broke my heart because I was like, no, I've actually, you know, worked myself to get to where I am today. I never went to California in my life until I was 19 years old. And that was when I met you, Holly, who had given me this beautiful opportunity with Playboy at the time. And then I was able to, you know, blossom from there. So I did want to make sure that I did um, tell you guys all that I was born on an army base in Georgia. I was in and out of group homes and foster care until I was homeless at 18. And then I was homeless backpacking around the United States until I was turned 19 and I met you, Holly. So that's actually how I got out here. Um, I'm not like, I don't make $1.6 million a year. That's crazy. Like, I wish that was the case, but, you know, no, I don't. (laughs) And I was not born in Beverly Hills either. Like, that's crazy. I was born in an army base in Georgia. (laughs) Wow. That's definitely, um, nothing like, uh, what apparently the information about you on the internet is saying. I'm flattered, but (laughs) so, I mean, it sounds like you kind of struggled in your earlier years. Um, did the adult industry kind of help lift you out of that? It seems like it, it kind of made you financially secure. Like how has your life changed? It has changed my life. Being a part of the adult industry changed my life so much for the better. It made me love myself. It made me finally be able to have that foundation to be able to give myself the life that I always wanted. Um, I wanted to be able to eat better and do better for myself and like buy clothes if I needed to. And you know, ever since being able to have have that opportunity with you, I have been able to now eat organically and go to the gym and take care of myself the way I've always wanted to. And I feel like that's why people think I've glowed up because I really took this and like, I was really grateful and started going with it. It blossomed me into the person I am today without porn. I don't think I would ever, ever be able to get to where I am today so quickly. So I'm really grateful for that. So how, like specifically, what has it given you in terms of like helping you grow as a person? Oh God, I've learned so much, especially from you. I've learned so much from so many strong, independent women teaching me that I don't have to result to, you know, what society claims is like what a woman should be doing, mm-hmm. um, like getting married or doing anything that like, I just don't want to do. Um, and I was taught by these gorgeous goddesses out here in this industry that you can own your body, you can own your status, you can own your own your own like brand, and you can make it how you want it to be. And with that, it turned me into this like little fairy, and now I'm like all happy, and I get to be myself, and all my fans love it. Like, like for example, when I was camming, I there were parts of me that I just did not like at all. There were parts of me that I was very insecure about. And when I went on to cam, these, you know, amazing fans, they loved every part of me that I really didn't like. And it taught me that, like, everyone's got their flavor. You shouldn't be that hard on yourself. And I think that's huge for Mm self-development, you know? Yeah. I mean, the narrative that you're giving us right now is so counteractive to what most people think about the adult industry. You know, we get that same old story of it ruins girls' confidence, it ruins their life, it takes away their agency, they're Mm -hmm. forced into this by a pimp boyfriend 
or a bad agent or horrible circumstances where they like had no other options in life and it like breaks them down mentally and physically. So what do you say to those people that, that feel like that is the story of every sex worker? I feel like we all started sex work because we didn't have anything else. In in my opinion, not Mm -hmm. speaking for anyone else, but in my opinion, I was homeless and I had absolutely nothing. And I went into camming and that was devastating for me because the cam house was terrible, had, I don't want to get too much into detail, but just a lot of bad things going on in there. And it was like very, it did break your, it did break you down a lot. But I think it's all about just knowing like what you want to do for yourself and making sure to be around those people that have the best interest in heart. And I know that's really hard. It really is because you feel like you've nothing left, but remember you have yourself and all you can, all you need to do is give yourself that love, give yourself that hug, remind yourself that you are a goddess or a God and you can make it out on your own. If you feel like you're in a position where you're not comfortable, I was always alone growing up in foster care and group homes, always alone being homeless. And I think that solitude really makes it easy for you to be able to figure out what you want to do in your career without those outside influences telling you what to do. Mm-hmm. Taking some time to be, just be alone with yourself and really feel what your body wants to feel and do what you truly want to do. I feel like that would make an outstanding like direction, like where it just turns into a completely different journey for mm-hmm. you in this industry. I feel like, <laughs> yeah, I think, so what I'm hearing from you is that you started off, you kind of started off in some bad circumstances, right? Mm-hmm. You were led kind of down the wrong path to, with some bad people, yeah. but you recognize that and you shifted things and you changed things in a way that made it work for you. And now the industry has brought you independence, brought you self-love. So I think for me, the lesson, the takeaway from that is, because one thing I think I want to be careful about, because I've been accused of this before, of course, is that like I paint the adult industry as this like rosy picture. Everything's perfect. Nothing's wrong with it. You know, like yeah. you're going to come into the adult industry and everything's going to be great and you're going to like love yourself. And and I try to remain super positive because we he- hear the opposite narrative all the time, right? Yeah. I'm constantly combating the opposite. But the thing is, what I believe is that the adult industry is kind of like, it's like any industry, it's kind of like what you make of it, right? Yeah. And you can have totally bad experiences and you can fall into a pattern of continuing to have bad experiences if you don't have the ability to set boundaries, if you don't have the ability yeah. to pivot yourself out of that and find like the good places in the industry where you can be independent and you can find the right path. So it's kind of like, I always say like the adult industry is not for everybody, no, yeah, I agree. It can ruin your life for sure. Like if if it's not the right place for you mentally, if you fall in with the wrong people, if you have other ambitions that uh, history in the adult industry would kind of destroy, um, it can absolutely be a terrible place for you. But it can also be a wonderful place for you if if you are the kind of person who really does enjoy sex, really is an exhibitionist and you, you have the wherewithal and the ability to find your independence in it, find a way to market yourself. Um, it can give you that, that independence and that, that self love. So it's like, it's kind of like whatever you make of it. Yeah. It's kind of like a tattoo. Like if you want it when you're, if you know for deep down, this is something that you would wear, for the rest of your life, then 
put it wherever you want to and own it. Um, but if you're like, I don't know if I could wear this, you know, to my conservative's parents' house or I can wear this anywhere else, like, then I just would wait and not do it mm-hmm. and then see what the universe gives you because not all the time is this, like, something that needs to be done. Like, you can always just start with, like, taking cute photos of yourself and see how you feel. You don't have to go full throttle into it. Yeah. You don't no- have to, like, start off in a gangbang. Yeah, you don't have to. <laughs> like, I took baby steps, and I'm grateful for that. And I'm not comparing myself to anyone at all because I know women who have gotten into this, and they absolutely love it. And I know women who just aren't meant for it. And mm-hmm. and that's, I think, with everything is moderation. Like, yeah. you know, you definitely know yourself before you put yourself in a position where you're going to be, like, a star, you know? Yeah. People are – you're going to be an influence now, like – I feel like that's what we should see it as. It's like, now you're an influence, so try to be the best one you can be. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I really like the tattoo analogy because that's super, that's so accurate. Because it is something that will follow you for the rest of your life. You know, now with the internet, like, it's up there forever. Forever. Um, even if you ask internet sites to take something down, like, it's still floating out there on satellite sites. I've had girls come to me and ask me to take their content down, which of course I will do. You but have the I best content though. Like what? Thank you. <laughs> but you know, like, and actually ironically, sadly, I should say, um, most of the requests have been because it's a woman in the custody battle over her children and her husband's using the fact that she performed an adult against her, Ooh. um, for custody of the children. That's evil. Yeah. It's Don't really sad that. that that has been, <laughs> in my experience, that's been the main reason. So it's not even that the woman herself is like ashamed of what she did. It's that her ex is using it as a weapon against her. And it Uh, really sucks that a society that we live in a society that would judge your ability to be a mother based on whether or not you've done sex work. And that just kind of like shows the archaic, archaic mindset that like we have. And those are the judges that usually like uh, yeah. Those are the judges that literally have like mistresses and then they're they're putting money under the table so that their mistresses and them don't get caught. But yet they're going to tell us what to do with our bodies when we have worked for it and now we have children and we want to grow from it. Like I feel like that is so whack. Yeah. Yeah. It's really it's really very unfair. But yeah, the tattoo analogy is a good one. And, you know, it's just it's it's a place that's not right for everybody. Um, I've had, you know, so many amazing guests on who've been able to um, you know, kind of give their wisdom in this area. And and two of my favorite quotes come from Asa Akira, who said, for a, most people, this industry is the worst thing for you. For a small group of people, it's the perfect job. And Danny Daniels, who said, you really need to think about getting into porn because it's not like cutting bangs. Yeah. It's not like this temporary like mistake that you can like eventually grow out with, you know, headbands and stuff like that. Yeah, oh my it's God, like, that's great. so I was like, those are two good analogies. So I love Danny Daniels. Yeah. She's amazing. <laughs> I've never met her, but I liked her a lot. Yeah. I, I feel like you guys would, <laughs> would enjoy each other. So, um, let's take a quick commercial break and then I want to come back. I want to talk about you losing your virginity just this year, which is amazing. And, um, your music career and so much more. So hang tight guys. We'll be right back. Holly Randall unfiltered is brought to you by handy. You've probably been masturbating with the same hand for years now. Well, the future of sex is here. It's time to upgrade from your hand to the handy. The Handy is an automatic sex simulator that combines state-of-the-art technology and Scandinavian design to give you a masturbation experience like no other. 
The stroker moves up and down the penis automatically. It uses 10 built-in sensors to give you precise control over the strokes, speed, and power, all with a very quiet motor, so nobody else needs to hear you getting your groove on. You can actually sync the handy with your video content, both flat and VR, so you can feel what you see. It uses an advanced Wi-Fi and Bluetooth connectivity, so you can control it with your smartphone or your computer and play with a partner anywhere in the world. This is amazing because that means that you can have sexual experiences with people on the other side of the planet. It has a one-size-fits-all design. The adjustable strap lets you change the tightness. It has a variety of sleeves so you can customize the sensation to your preference. And for my listeners, you can get $10 off your handy order when you go to thehandy.com and enter code HOLLY at checkout. That's thehandy, H-A-N-D-Y, dot com and use promo code HOLLY for $10 off. Thehandy.com with code HOLLY for $10 off. Change your masturbation game. Going into a sex shop can be overwhelming. You can spend hours browsing the shelves only to come home and realize you still forgot a necessary ingredient for your romantic night. Well, Like a Kitten has your back when it comes to planning a perfect evening. You get to choose one item out of each of their six categories. Toys, beauty products, lubes and cleansers, games, sexy accessories, and lingerie. Within each category, you have eight or more products that you can choose from, so you can really build an experience that's customized to your specific desires. Like a Kitten really takes the guesswork out by sending you this amazing themed box, which, by the way, only costs $69, and some of the vibrators alone in those boxes retail for more than that. So this entire box of six gifts is an incredible steal. And what's really cool is that a portion of all sales go to charities that focus on women's empowerment, education, and health. So you can feel good about feeling good. And right now, Like a Kitten is offering our listeners 20% off plus free shipping when you go to likeakitten.com slash holly or enter code holly at checkout. That's likeakitten.com slash holly or use holly at checkout. I will be posting the link in the episode description. Okay, guys, we're back. So, Sabina, I mean, you're, how old are you now? I'm 24. Okay, so you're 24 (laughs) and you just lost your virginity. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. So, and I bring this up because the last time that we worked together, actually, it wasn't the last time, time before that, Mm -hmm. um, you were telling me that you were still a virgin. And I was like, because I knew that you liked girls and like you were pretty much only into women. So I was like, okay, that makes sense. It's still like, so unusual, but that makes sense. <laughs> but now you have broken your covenant. So what, how'd you get on the D train? Oh my God. So <laughs> I literally, um, it's hilarious actually. So I literally during this COVID, I was sitting there like, damn, like I could die. Like, you know, in the beginning stages, you're like, well, I could die. And what is one thing that I've never done? <laughs> and I just wanted to make sure. And I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to finally do it. I met this person. He's, he was great. Like, honestly, he was amazing and super sweet and super kind. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to tell you the story. You guys are going to think this is so funny. We were hanging out for two weeks together. Never did anything sexually. We were, like, great friends, everything like that. We're in his car at this time. And, like, I just had this urge. I'm like, I'm going to suck his dick. This is going to be the first time I've ever sucked a dick, but I'm going to do it. Like, I'm just going to do it right now. So we were, like, in his car. He's on the phone with his agent. Well, his, like, 
manager or whatever because he's a, he was a musician and um he's talking to his manager and i just started sucking his dick and he's looking down he's like um uh and then like he on the phone the guy's like yo are you getting your dick sucked right now <laughs> i was like um and he's like i gotta go and literally we, we made love in the back of his car it was a full moon it was that was probably why i felt the urge to do it wow but it was a full moon and then you know i lost my virginity in the back of a range rover wow well i mean at least it was co- comfy and yeah, spacious space <laughs> yeah I was, oh I was about to ask you like a really dumb question, like what was giving your first blowjob like? But I know you've done a lot of like dildo blowjobs. Yeah, so, like, I just wasn't... did with the dildo. Like anything you guys said looked hot. I was like, okay, let me do it. And yeah. of course, like I didn't really know how to do it perfectly. Like I know how to look good, but I don't know how, what feels good for him. So uh-huh. like good thing is like did he, give he you was tips? very nice. Yeah, he was like, oh yeah, do it like this. I'm like, okay, thank you. And you know, we actually have been like really close ever since. Um, wow. We're still really great friends we make music together so it was just like one of those experiences that I was like I'm either gonna do it my way or not at all <laughs> take charge girl you know <laughs> so how was like losing your virginity like because I just remember when I lost my virginity it was so painful it was like a horrible experience I also Dick is so different I it is <laughs> I also lost it with like a horrible guy that I'd only been dating for a little while and he was he was just terrible I just made a bad decision um, so what was it like for you? Did it hurt? Um, it did hurt at first. Cause I had no, I had to like put a lot of spit down there cause I was really confused. Um, but I was really grateful because I'm used to in the industry, you know, everyone wants me to use these huge dildos oh, because course. I never yeah, do boy stuff. girl or anything. It, just an average dick is perfect for me. Um, dick doesn't have those fake veins like mm-hmm. on dildos so i, I appreciated You're that like, wow this is more comfortable yeah i was like oh this is now i understand why it's built for women you know some silicone just doesn't fit but you know at the end of the day i do prefer being with a woman but i don't mind like the feeling of the actual dick i was so scared for so long i was so scared that it was gonna hurt that i was gonna feel terrible afterwards that i was gonna hate it and everything but you know, I woke up the next morning. I felt accomplished. I was like, I did something today. <laughs> I did it, guys. It only took forever, but I like also how it was like the threat of like imminent death. Is that what got you to like finally try some finally dick? You're like, dick. I might die. I guess I'll take some dick. I'm gonna take some non-COVID dick before it's too late, and there's only COVID dick left. I was like, no, but yeah, that's literally why I did it. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> so is there a boy girl in your future? Ooh, um, I wouldn't mind like pegging a guy. But in the meantime, I don't see myself doing any boy girl necessarily. I might do something with like, you know, trans, anything like that. But okay. Like but, work your way there. Yeah. Like little best of both worlds. Yeah. Because I still <laughs> like, I still like what I like. Yeah. I was experimenting. Um, but Hey, maybe you guys can, you know, find a way to get me into some boy girl. It all depends on uh, the circumstance. So get creative. <laughs> I kind of actually really love the idea of like doing a trans scene as like your transitional thing. Yeah, That's, right. Because I don't think that, I don't know if anyone's ever done that. Really? If they've done a trans scene before doing boy girl. Oh, that's true. I don't. I, I can't think of anyone who's done that. Ooh, I'll be the first for everything. <laughs> <laughs> do my like first dance. Who do you have anyone in mind if you were to go that route? 
Well, I do have a really, really, really old friend, and she knew me since before I was doing any of this. Her mm-hmm. name is Jenna Gargles, mm-hmm. and um, she and I knew each other. We both went as Aura, like before we got into the industry. Mm-hmm. So we were like the only Auras in like the hippie commune situation that I was in. And um, she actually told me when I was camming. She told me she was like, "Look, I know you've never met me before, but I love your camming." And showed me like all the pictures of my vagina on her phone, and I was like. <laughs> that's an honor. I'm so grateful for this. I was like, wow, I've got a fan already. And then she got so big in the industry now. So I think it'd be kind of like a fun little together, like best friends forever. Yeah. (laughs) Kind of fun slumber party. Oh, and she's got a throbbing cock. Okay. Like, yeah, that sounds like fun. That's I'm, I'm, I'm behind you on this one. Yay. And then Holly Randall comes in and then now it's the three way and (laughs) (laughs) that would be great. I'd be like a dream come true. Or I could just shoot it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, darn. Okay. (laughs) So, um, you also mentioned that you are part of a documentary on Mm -hmm. cam girls. Tell us a little bit about that. Oh guys. Uh, I can't be in too in detailed, but you guys are going to freaking love this. I'm so grateful to be a part of this. Um, there is this cam girl documentary. I, they're switching up the titles, but it was like cam girl during COVID-19. It's me and two other gorgeous goddesses. And they're just telling us, um, excuse me. They're having you guys see us like, um, sorry. I got like really distracted because I need to drink water. Here we go. Now I'm back. So they're having us like the day in the life of a cam girl where since COVID even started, just seeing what we've been doing, how it's been changing our lives, you know, with everything that had to do with like politics going against the sex work, they're getting a lot of information on that. And it's just like real time. You know, they saw me go from one place moving into another and how I haven't been getting a lot of work and what I have to do to maintain that. Mm. And you know how people are treating us now that OnlyFans has gotten so big and things in that nature. So it's really like sex positive on top of that. It gives you a lot of things you just didn't know, like on the other side of things. And I can't wait cause it's going to be in the film festival in London. And I'm like, I get to go to London for the first time and check it out. Like, and so you guys have to see it. I'm so psyched about this. I'm the youngest one that they have on there. So I hope I got enough information in there on my end, but I'm pretty sure you guys will learn a lot more from the two other goddesses as well. Yeah. Because they've been in the industry for a long time. Can you see who the other two are? I cannot because I did sign something, but you guys know who they are. Okay. Well, we're going to have to wait and find out. (laughs) How has your life changed since COVID came along? Because it's changed so much for everybody. So specifically, how has your life changed? I, if I were to be greedy, uh, if I were to complain, I'd be greedy. That's what I meant to say. Because I have been so grateful because now I get to really focus on my music. And on top of that, I've gone a lot more mainstream. Um, I've been doing a lot of like YouTube stuff and TikTok stuff. And with that, I got verified on Instagram and I've been able to do a lot more mainstream stuff, which I feel like is so cool because that's actually what I really wanted to do was get more mainstream. But it's made me focus more on my self-growth, my self-development. I took a lot of time to just like meditate, do kundalini meditation. It's my favorite. Um, Doing a lot more yoga and focusing on my health because, you know, we went through this pandemic where we're still going through it. But, you know, health is so important. And, you know, I'm just putting more into like my emotional, mental, physical, and spiritual health. And I feel like that's been really great. And now I'm putting it all in my music, which I'm so hyped about too. So like that's actually been kind of like 
what I've been going through during COVID-19 is just being so alone, but getting to know myself in the process. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I yeah. really like it. <laughs> I think it's kind of like it can go either way for people. Like some people, it's it's created like a lot of depression and isolation and loneliness. And then for other people, it's oh, been yeah. a, a, a time to reflect and kind of figure out like Oh, I was depressed at life. first. That's for sure. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't like a like a um yay, everyone has to be at home now. It was actually scary as hell to me because I don't even know anyone out here. And so for a while I was really depressed. For a while I was just eating. I like was smoking too much. I was drinking too much. Found myself in a position where I'm like literally on the floor of my room all alone still, drunk as fuck. Nothing productive going on in my life. And I was like, you know, I just don't want to do that for my fans. I, I For some reason, I just had this like obligation to like show my fans that like they're putting effort into somebody who's, you know, worth the effort and worth the support. So I kind of went a whole 360 and started doing meditation, started, you know, reading a lot more, which I used to do a lot when I was a kid. And, you know, I feel like you have to hit that that surface in order to be grounded Mm -hmm. and then you can start to work on yourself. So I feel like if anyone is going through like that point in time where they feel kind of like relatable with what I just said, like definitely hit me up. Like I will be more than happy to show you guys like what brought me to this like serenity, but I'm still working on it. It's a work in progress. (laughs) It's going to be a work in progress until the day that I forget everything and I'm too old to recognize my own name, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to be working on it until the day that I can't even fathom like a word. (laughs) I find it really interesting that you mentioned that, um, you feel like you have an obligation to your fans, like that you owe your fans something. That's not something that I hear most people say. (laughs) Um, so it sounds to me like your fans mean a lot to you. They really, if it wasn't for them since day one of me being homeless and being in this cam house, like still to this day, I get the same people that were my very first ever people in my cam room coming to me saying, I love your growth. And oh, it's making me tear up because you guys are so great. Like without you guys, I wouldn't be where I am today. Wow. You know, I did notice that like when I kind of tweeted about you coming on the show, like there were a few people that were really excited for you and were just, you know, so excited to hear your story. I mean, it's interesting, you know, you can usually tell kind of on social media, the kind of fan base support that people have, like depending on people's responses. Yeah. And it sounds like they really care about you. I've been so grateful. Like every single comment that I get, I mean, knock on wood, but every comment that I get, um, every, you know, support system, like I'll write something like, you know, I'm sad today. And I get like 16 people writing me and it's not like dick pics like it used to be. It's like, oh, I'm here for you. I'm going through things too. And I feel like I want to show them that like, it's not all butterflies and rainbows, you know, I'm going through it. So let's go through it together. And I feel like since I've been doing that, a lot of my fans have become so like supportive on like a whole other, like real level Mm -hmm. than just my physical body. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel like that is so rare and I want to just continue to show them that the support they're putting in the subscriptions they have on my OnlyFans, all the money that it's going towards is towards the greater good. You know, I want them to be proud of their investment. Wow. I love that. (laughs) Proud of their investment. Isn't it so interesting how, you know, the sex industry has changed in a way, you know, with these new content platforms, with the OnlyFans, with the camming, that direct connection to fans that, you know, it seems like, sex workers in particular are cultivating these incredibly intimate relationships with their fans that I don't think we really see in other industries. No. You know, and this is coming from, 
people that society generally sees as broken and stupid and, you know, Illogical. sexual deviants, like yeah. whatever. And like you guys are really becoming like almost these like personal therapists for these, these other, you know, people out there that, that need that human connection. And it seems like it kind of goes both ways too. It's kind of like, they're your therapy as well. Oh my gosh. Yes. You just read my mind. <laughs> no, that's literally right, right on there, Holly. That's perfect because when I'm on cam and when I'm working, these beautiful people, they're giving me sides of themselves that they would never show their family. They would never show their coworkers, you know, parts of themselves that only they truly know. And they trust me with that. And it's like, I'm the kind of person who is kind of the opposite. I have to put myself out there. I have to show everyone every single inch of something about me that I normally wouldn't tell my family and they're supporting it. So it's like, it's kind of like a give and take when it comes to like the support, as long as, you know, you just keep being yourself and keep being like humble. I feel like humbleness really keeps them wanting to know more about you staying like, relatable because, you know, I could just become one of those girls who are like, well, I'm famous now. Let me just go and, you know, tell you guys about what I'm wearing today. Mm -hmm. But I don't ever want to break who I was that got me to where I am today. Because if I break that, then I'm no longer what they were even wanting to see in the first place, you know? That's so true. What do you think it is about sex workers that enable this kind of like connection with their fans that we don't see in other industries? Oh, it's definitely an intimate fine line between like, you know, someone's desires and fantasies and someone's, you know, actual life. And some people, their life is sex, you know, and some people it's not. So it's, it really does become like super intimate and you really do want to get to know them. They're going to the the conventions. Like you get to finally meet like your highest tipper of the year and you meet them in person and they're like super cool with their wife or something. It's like, that's when it becomes so humbling. And that's when it becomes so like family oriented to me, at least I'm like, damn, like I just met your wife and you guys both have been supporting me for so long. And, you know, I was over here thinking I was putting on a show, but no, this was, this was, you know, a, a genuine like bond you guys had created and wanted to support me. I feel like that's where it's like, way more special, mm-hmm. you know, cause you could just sell someone something on Amazon or whatever. And like, you know, be like, yep, I love your loyalty. But when you meet them at a convention or they message you on OnlyFans and they're supporting every single platform you have, it's like, that's when it becomes like, well, thank you so much. Like, let me send you a custom video mm-hmm. and like, let me FaceTime you or something that mm-hmm. becomes way more intimate than I think any other industry. Yeah. I think also too, adult, um, you know, adult performers, it really is like a direct connection. It's not like a connection through a manager or through an agent. It's like you are talking to these people one-on-one. Yeah. At least I am. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's true. Not everybody is. Yeah. Some people hire other people to do it, which is understandable. Some people yeah, don't do have all thing. the time, you know, whatever. No, no <laughs> fault to you. Now that we have learned that the ABN convention for 2022 is going to be virtual. Um, how do you feel about that? Do you miss the conventions? Do you miss seeing your fans in person? I love seeing my fans in person. I love being able to be a part of the whole crew, seeing all my friends and fam. But I do feel like this is going to be something new for all of us to be able to, you know, prepare ourselves for maybe next year. You know, the year after that, we can all make sure we're safe, comfortable. The pandemic is very scary. So I feel like it's going to be good for us this year to just kind of do it virtually, not risk anything because we are already – 
targeted as dirty and crazy. Like, let's let's just make sure we got ourselves in check and, like, are safe because we deserve it too, you know? Yeah. We're not just everyone's entertainment. We we deserve a little bit of, like, security. <laughs> yeah. In my opinion, at least. And those conventions are also, like, very crowded. Yeah. People are very close together. Everybody wants a picture with you. Everybody wants a hug. So, I mean, you know, we used to always joke about what we would call the avian flu going yeah. around. That Everybody would get really sick at these conventions because there's just so many people. You're in these casinos that have, like, recycled air. Oh like, my you're God, never the outside and everything. the smoking. Ugh. All the drinking lowers your immune system. Yeah. So, every year, I mean, literally, like, when we book productions, we would purposely not book productions for like a couple of weeks after the AVN show because people would always get sick and inevitably cancel on us. Yeah. So we would book shoots around like the AVN flu. And now it's crazy that it's like now COVID, COVID that's kind of taken that out. It's like, like the AVN COVID flu kind of situation. Now, like I feel, I honestly feel like that's probably why it's very important. I gratefully, again, knock on wood, oh my God, I have never gotten the avian flu, but I also am such an introvert. Like I'm good, like one-on-one and everything. But if I were to be in a huge group of people, I get so nervous that I just run in the bathroom or something. Mm -hmm. I just like, and I don't even really drink either. So like I'm covered in clothes, whereas like other girls are comparably like wearing like thongs and cute stuff, like super adorable. And they're drinking. So it keeps them warm. I'm like over here freezing, like with my anemia and just like covered up and none of my fans want to buy anything because I'll be the only one wearing a mask. Like, yeah, (laughs) you can't really sell a lot at that point. That's true. That's true. (laughs) So tell us about your music career. Ooh, oh my gosh. So, so grateful and so happy. I have been wanting to do this for so long, but now I am, I've released five songs. Um, just released my newest one. Tell me why you guys can find it on anything. You can literally ask Alexa to play Sabina Rouge and you can hear all my music. I'm so grateful. Ah, This is literally what I want to do for the rest of my life. My goal in life was to become a songwriter. So I thought, well, how else would I become well-known if I didn't put myself out there, started camming, started doing porn. And now I'm verified on Instagram as a songwriter. And I'm like, oh my God. So let's, let's see how many more things I can do and how many more songs I can make. I'm determined and motivated to make a song where every single one of you guys just feel good and feel really, really inspired. One thing that I love to do with my music is, um, there's binaural beats and like, uh, what's that other one? I forgot. Like where there's certain frequencies that you can put inside of the music. Don't ask me. I know nothing. (laughs) Oh, well it's like they use it in meditation. Um, and there's these certain frequencies that if you hit a certain like node, you can release endorphins in your body. It can help with blood flow, just like how the, the full moon works. Like that frequency, shifts the tides. I do know that there's certain like meditation musics that I've seen advertised as like being at a certain frequency to help like anxiety tap into brain waves or something like that. Yeah. Like brain waves. Um, I've been putting that in my music, not in a negative way. I'm not, I don't really know if there are any negative frequencies. Maybe there are, but I've been trying to put in a lot for like anti-anxiety, like to help with, you know, just calming down, like and my music is very sultry and sexy and I want to have that like that good vibration in there to where you just you feel it internally I feel like music is a medicine and I want to start putting like what meditation has been using for years into my like songs 
kind of give it like a little hybrid sound so you guys can get both best of both worlds, like a pop hip hop song, but also your body literally is getting vibrations that helps with blood flow <laughs> or something, you know? <laughs> so it's like music therapy or something. Like yeah. That. That's like my favorite. I love it. Cause I want it to make someone feel good. I want them to feel inspired. I want them to feel creative. Mm-hmm. That's what I want them to get from my music. What, um, if you were to compare your music to like other types of music out there, other bands or songwriters, like what does your music sound like? So that's a really good question. Um, my music's like a mix between like Alina Baraz and like Kehlani. Um, okay. I, or like, yeah, cause I just love, or like Sabrina Claudia. Um, these women are like more poets Mm-hmm. And but they're still kind of hip hop-y. Like they still got that like pop hip hop sound. Okay. Which I think is really cool because I love bass. Um grew up in foster care and group homes. What do you expect? A little gangster up in here. But I um I love that sultry, like transformational, um kind of meditative sound with my vocals mm-hmm. and then with that hard bass. So yeah, just go check it out, guys. It's really cool. Uh, do you have any like big future plans for your music? Are you just going to keep like putting out songs or do you have like any ultimate dreams or goals? Oh yeah. So I'm actually working on a project right now, guys. Um, I have already released five songs, but I'm working on another five that are completely secret. I can't wait for you guys to see it. And I'm going to release it all as an album. Um, and we're going to be trying our hardest to go to music festivals. That was my like literal dream when I was traveling was when I was homeless, I snuck into music festivals. Don't sue me. But um, snuck into music festivals. And I remember I was standing there and I was like, one day I'm going to do that. Like one day I'll be on a music festival stage and I'll be performing the music that like changed my life. I want to do the same for others. And shit you not, I met someone who's an amazing producer. His name is Minority. You guys need to check him out. He literally is incredible. And he hit me up, asked to make music with me first. Then I was like, let's work together. And now his goal is to make it make it to where we get on stage for a music festival. My main goal in music industry is to be a songwriter. I don't care if you guys never know who Sabina Rouge is ever again. If I'm on the radio or like Rihanna's like singing my song on the radio or something, I could just die. And <laughs> that's all I want. It's just like one of my favorite artists to be singing my music. I don't see myself being an artist for too long. I want to be a songwriter. Interesting. So you kind of want to take like the behind the scenes. Oh yeah. And what, what are, so, I mean, you know, songwriting is always something very personal. Um, what are the kinds of things that you generally write about? Ooh, so kind of like, kind of like Billie Eilish's vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, because like, I'm very vulnerable and youthful with my music, but I'm also just kind of stating facts. Like, you know, one of my songs, um, on my way, I wrote like, um, I wrote this part where I was like, truly feeling sound of mind. Cause I'm on it. And like, that part is like kind of describing that, like when I'm on my way and I'm on my shit, it's about like the love I'm putting in my, and into me, the drinking water, taking care of myself, like actually being completely sound of mind means that I like, I'm finally on my way to success compared to like a lot of other music where they're like, I'm on my way and I'm making money and I'm fucking bitches mm-hmm. and stuff. I wanted to be like, kind of like we're, we are making it cool to have self-care. We're making it cool to, you know, choose no I don't want that drama in my life because I'd rather go and meditate or something like that I know that's kind of lame but that's just something I wanted to do is was make it cool for self-care make it cool that therapy is a thing like 
you know, you can be cool and also take care of yourself properly. Like that's kind of what I want. I think that's a really great message to send out because you're right, especially in the society, we equate success with how many Instagram followers you have, how much money you're making, what kind of car you drive, where you live. And we know that a lot of people who may have millions of Instagram followers may have lots of money, fancy cars are fucking miserable. Mm-hmm. What's the point of having all of these things if you're just incredibly unhappy? Right. And, you know, ultimately I think that as human beings, we're always looking for, you know, happiness. That's really what we want in the end. Right. But we're so yeah. misdirected in terms of what the things that we choose that we think will bring us happiness. We think that money will bring us happiness. We think that cars will bring us happiness. And when they don't, we're sitting here, you know, alone in our mansion crying, wondering why we're so miserable. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's hard to, to recognize that, that happiness doesn't come from all of these external things. Oh no. One thing I've learned is that it's not about how much money you have. It's what you do with it. And it's like, if you have a big mansion, but you're lonely, like, have you taken serotonin today? Like there are certain things where you need to take care of yourself. Like you, Mahatma Gandhi said, literally, it's not word by word, but he said that you can move around anywhere, but if you don't change yourself, nothing's ever going to change around you. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if you take care of yourself, drink water, do yoga, you know, work out, um, do all these things. Now it's hard. So take time, go into a position where you go to classes and make friends in that area where you guys can motivate each other, you know, in that point to where, you know, you could be anywhere mm-hmm. and it would be beautiful to you. I remember when I was homeless and that was like a mansion for me because I was, you know, just 19 years old, drinking water, never drank alcohol before, you know, just started smoking weed. So I was like, wow, the universe, you know, and, and I, I felt like a millionaire when I was homeless And I feel like people can feel that way as long as they just like put that energy and effort towards themselves. And you'll also feel a lot better too if you like donate stuff, like give things to people who don't have things. Like if you have a ton of money, donate something, you'll feel a lot better. (laughs) Yeah. You know, put your money towards something that'll grow, invest into like water. We need it. Like do something good for the universe because you'll feel a lot better. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, what you put out into the universe, I, I do believe, is what you get back. 100%. Yeah. Because energy can't die. It can't be recreated. And it can only be manipulated. So start with your energy first, and then they will come to you. So we've been talking quite a bit about, like, mental health right now. Um, and, you know, we live in a society where I feel like we don't talk about this enough. And I think that we work in an industry where mental health is something that we've finally started addressing on a more regular basis. So what do you do like specifically to take care of your mental health? Um, So me personally, I feel like it all starts with your diet and taking vitamins. One thing I learned is that um, taking liquid vitamins, everyone take liquid vitamins. It gets absorbed immediately and you can tell the difference. Um, The foods that you eat, um, making sure that you take regular showers and also just like organizing, like something that I've always had a problem with is like, I would just let my room get super dirty and then I would lose all motivation to do anything. It's like getting that, like getting up and just cleaning up. Even that will make your, your mental space feel so less cluttered and, and you, you'll want it, you'll be motivated to take that cute selfie. You know, now that you've got this background space and it doesn't look like, you know, your dog's been everywhere, you know, like little things like taking walks, like my favorite thing to do. And I advise this for everyone. Take at least a walk per day. 
and listen to music. Music is magic. Don't listen to like the crazy shit that's like, you know, fuck bitches make money. I'm going to do this because then it's just giving you those those beats and those weird influences. Listen to like literally meditation music and just walk and take deep breaths. And that will literally change your life in like one week. That is something that I've learned. It helped me with my with my depression. I had major depression and anxiety. I'm an anxious little anxiety ball all the time. And I always have to remind myself to just relax and take things slowly. And I think that it all starts with vitamins. Take vitamins, you know, please. Drink tons of water. Drink tons and tons of water. If you feel anxious or sad, just chug a bottle of water. You'll feel a ton better. And remember to breathe. I feel like those things you can do for free and um, will definitely change your life and take a walk. It's so beautiful outside. It's funny, like all of these things are are, are such simple, you know, um, pieces of advice that you're right. Like, you could follow and and they will make a difference. Um, vitamins are like a huge thing. And mm-hmm. I only started, this is terrible, but I'm going to do a quick plug for one of my sponsors because honestly, like I do truly believe in them. And I think they're a wonderful um, way to introduce yourself to taking vitamins. So one of my sponsors is Care of Vitamins. Ooh. And what's really great is that you can go to their website, takecareof.com. And you can basically put in, you take this little quiz, you put in like, your sleep habits, smart. Um, your like whatever mental issues you might health issues you might be having, anxiety, um, your diet and stuff like that, and it will yeah. curate um, a package of vitamins specifically for you, which they will ship directly to your door, um, and it's really easy. It's just this packet of vitamins. You just take them every day because for me, you know, I wanted to take vitamins, but I didn't know what to take. Yeah, I would go to the store and I'd be like, "There's so many vitamins here. Like, I don't know what I need. I have no idea. Like, I'm not gonna do my research." So for me, like this was a lifesaver. Yeah, that's so smart because I have celiacs too, so that'll probably help with anyone who has dietary restrictions. Yeah, yeah, and um, and they're fully vegan. Anyways, if you use code Holly fifty, you'll get fifty percent off your first order. Just saying, but truthfully, I would do it, guys. I I have a lot of sponsors, and I'm gonna be honest with you guys. This is actually the only sponsor that I like regularly purchase their products. Hey. Like they gave me some freebies at the beginning, but then they stopped yeah. and I buy them and they're the only ones that I buy regularly. So, I, but it's just an easy way to get into your taking your vitamins. Um, yeah. so, and I think that's so important and it's something that like is so easy to do and people don't do it. Yeah. I didn't do it and it does, it makes a difference. I really do believe that. And diet, you know, too, of course. Diets, you know, here and there, as long as like, you know, you're, if you're eating any processed foods, and then some days you feel really sluggish or fatigued, it might be the food, you know, don't think it's always like a mental problem. A lot of people think like, oh, I'm I'm depressed today. It might just be because you drank last night and that's a depressant. And if you give yourself some time to like feel your body, breathe, take it all in the next day, you might feel just as fine as before. And that doesn't mean that, you know, people with, you know, mental illnesses are not completely accurate with how they're feeling because you have to feel in order to heal. I just feel like having vitamins, drinking tons of water, reminding yourself that you're only human and you got this always, even if it's something you don't even really believe in, just tell yourself it's an affirmation. Always have affirmations for yourself every day because the energies that you give out, they will come right back to you. And I really believe in that because I went from homelessness to 
being in a hippie commune, being taught so many things about the world, and now I'm here today, and I'm just so grateful. And I really think it has something to do with just taking care of yourself and the energies that you give. Yeah, totally. You know, you. <laughs> I am sound like I'm high, but I'm completely sober. <laughs> like, high on life. <laughs> Well, I can, for one, attest personally to um, the amazing energy that you give out because, you know, like I said at the very beginning of this podcast, um, you're a really positive person. It's always a pleasure to have you around. So thank you so much for coming on today. Definitely. Thank you guys so much for having me here. It's always, always good to see you. And we're actually going to do a little bonus Q&A for my Patreon members only. Mm -hmm. So if you're a member of my Patreon, you'll be able to access this extra content. But if you're not, go to patreon.com slash hollyrandallunfiltered and you'll be able to access that as well as live streams like the one that we're doing right now and so much more. Sabina, can you tell everybody where they can find you online? Definitely. Um, you guys can find me on Twitter at Sabina Rouge. Um, my Instagram is the Sabina Rouge, T-H-E, Sabina Rouge. And then my TikTok is Sabina Rouge Live. Uh, OnlyFans is OnlyFans.com slash Sabina Rouge. If you know how to spell my name, you can find me anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you guys can find me there. And then my music, please check that out. It's Sabina Rouge. Just tell just tell Alexa. She'll she'll know what to do. Or you're all on, you're probably on Spotify. Oh and everything, yeah, right? everything, every streaming platform. Um, even if you wanted to on Instagram, you could even post something up and go to the music section and put my name in, and I'm there too. I'm so grateful. That's amazing. <laughs> it's so cool. That's amazing. Well, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. The only other time I felt like this is when I got twisties of the month. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder who shot that amazing. You know, who shoot. did that? Mm. <laughs> And you guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Holly Randall. I am also on TikTok. I'm back on TikTok. I am actually repurposing these podcasts for fun little snippets of my conversations with these amazing guests that I have. So you can find me. Um, I am Holly Randall Unfiltered on TikTok. I also have an OnlyFans, OnlyFans.com slash Holly Randall. I don't promote it very often, but it's there. And then, of course, like I mentioned before, um, there's my Patreon, Patreon.com slash Holly Randall Unfiltered to support this podcast. Thank you guys so much for watching or listening wherever you are. We'll see you next time. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for listening. If you love my show and want to support it, I ask that you take the time to rate and review my podcast. Now, if you're not sure how to do that, you can go to ratethispodcast.com slash HRU, and you'll automatically be directed to the various podcast apps your device supports, and then be led to the place where you can rate my show. Five stars, of course, and leave your glowing review. Okay, it doesn't have to be glowing, but you know, say something nice. You can also financially support this show through my Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash hollyrandallunfiltered, where you get so many perks for your support. Things such as early releases and live recordings of my interviews, merchandise such as stickers, mugs, and hoodies, autographed copies of my photography books, free access to my private Snapchat and not-safe-for-work website hollyrandall.com, and my bonus podcast, My LA Porn Life. Also, join my Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash hollyrandallunfiltered, and you can watch the video versions of these interviews at youtube.com slash hollyrandallunfiltered. Oh, and of course, sign up for my newsletter at hollyrandallunfiltered.com and get all the info on upcoming guests and special projects. Again, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for supporting my podcast in whatever way that you can.